Who wants to talk about money? Interesting, no one ever really wants to talk about money these days, or ever. It's one of those awkward topics that we've been told not to talk about, like politics, sex and religion, but today we're going to do just that. I've been interviewing today uh, Miriam Castilla, she's an awesome, awesome money confidence coach financial mentor. She's come from the more professional financial advisory side of the world and now she's into manifestation, law of attraction, abundance with a heap of practical advice in there as well. This is a really fun conversation for anyone in business who needs to know how to manage their money better. Here's Miriam. Thanks so much for listening guys. Coaches to the Moon. This is Coaches to the Moon. The only podcast you need to skyrocket your coaching business and create true impact on the world. Here's your host, Alex Morris. Welcome back to the Coaches to the Moon podcast, ladies and gentlemen. I'm very, very uh, excited to be joined by a new friend of mine, Miriam. I'm going to say Castilla rather than Castilla. Impressive. Yep, thank you so much. Uh, Miriam is a... uh, She's a money confidence coach, she's a manifesting mentor, she's a speaker, she's a best-selling author, but she also came from the corporate space where she was a finance professional and a petroleum engineer, I believe, was the one I was missing there. Is that correct? Correct. Correct. It's my very illustrious background. I love it. I love it. A lot of a lot of uh, notches on there, on your belt, on your corporate belt there. And uh, hey, Miriam, I'm so, so happy to have you here today. Thanks for being on the podcast. Lovely to be here. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to have this chat with you. I think it's going to be fun. Good. Well, hopefully I can make it a little better than my meandering intro there. But I realized that I hadn't confirmed how to pronounce your last name. Took a stab and, and got it, apparently. Well, I actually say Castilla, but I just thought I'd give you props for um, for knowing how it should be pronounced. Yeah. Well, I am well versed in the uh, Uruguayan culture, as uh, <laughs> but I'm not really. I'm not. But uh, do they speak Spanish in Uruguay? They do speak Spanish in Uruguay. So my husband's Uruguayan, but if I really wanted to test you, I'd give you my maiden name, which is actually Greek, and it's fifteen letters. You told it to me on our last phone call. It's Anagnostopoulos. Oh, goodness it's gracious. like Smith me. in Greek, really, but yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I My uh, claim to fame is that I can say Galactoburica. Uh, Galactoburico, <laughs> yes. One of my favourite desserts. Well done. Like an egg <laughs> custard, isn't it? What's that? Like an egg custard. It is. It's like custard, phyllo pastry, syrup on top. It is a slice of heaven. Oh, goodness gracious. Well, I very much look forward to uh, getting some of that in me at next convenience. But Miriam, hey, thank you so much. As we said, you are a uh, money confidence coach. You talk a lot about finances and I'm really interested to speak to you because you have this great amalgamation between what we consider traditional finance advice and more you know, woo-woo finance advice that some people might approach it, you know, uh, more, uh, dare I say, spiritual, holistic, that sort of vibe, you know? And that's a really, really cool thing we love to talk about because I think a lot of people will go down one path or the other. And so, for example, I've learned most of my money advice uh, from more tangible sources, you know, my dad, books, people I listen to, 
But I know a lot of my friends who are doing equally as well, if not better financially, are very much down the other path of things. And they subscribe to uh, law of attraction, manifestation, abundance, and that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. So um, I grabbed this off your website. You said in your own words that your mission uh, and vision is to show women, but, you know, we can talk to everyone today, uh, how to leverage the power of their unconscious mind and the magic of the universe, and then combine that with everyday practical skills. My first question is um, when people come to wanting to build their wealth and work on their money, what do they need to focus on first, the tangible or the intangible? Ha, that is the million dollar question. Nice one. Um, well, I, I do bang on about you've got to marry the magical with the practical. You kind of have to do both. And I don't so much see it as, you know, the chicken comes before the egg kind of thing. It's more a marrying marrying the two worlds and actually having them support each other so starting to become aware of your mindset starting to recognize that you know the way you feel and think and what you do all have an impact and then just making little incremental notches of improvement that all support each other because as you build like your money confidence because you start to work out how to actually take care of your money that supports your money mindset you start feeling like hey maybe I can do this and I don't really suck with money and it doesn't burn a hole in my pocket and that that raises your vibration and makes you magnetic to more so you know to me it's it's a cycle where there's kind of three big puzzle pieces that all lock into each other like gears and then they actually drive each other and build momentum so the answer is neither <laughs> and you know a, a little bit of both goes a long way towards making it easier to taking the next step in all those areas yeah 100 that makes a lot of sense uh, well, i've got a mentor at the moment and he says that um his kind of formula for wealth building is three parts one is um business income one is investments and the other is mindset all equal mm -hmm. and uh it's, he, he has the, the stool analogy that if you had a three-legged stool and one of them wasn't there, it just wouldn't stand up very well. You'd be yeah. balancing and teetering. So both of them is really, really interesting. And uh, where did you start? When, when you were a financial um, advisor working in the, in the space, did you have any subscription to the manifestation mindset side of it? Or were you full straighty 180 corporate down the line Meat and two veg, eyeing your trousers. Yeah. <laughs> Meat and two veg. Um, I was closet woo-woo, put it that way. So I was really into it, but it was like my personal thing. And, you know, then I had the corporate image first, you know, as an engineer and I worked in corporate development. And then when I moved into finance and it was all very, you know, show me the numbers, what do they say, how do they work? But as I started working with my clients, you know, I realised that, like I have a few kind of the laws of Miriam and one of them is that more money doesn't change your money pattern. And I really saw that when I started working with people from all walks of life, all different levels of income, and it really made little difference to their confidence around money or even how much money they actually had in the bank. You know, some, some of the people on the 
biggest incomes also had the biggest debt levels and the biggest money stress levels. So um, it was sort of in that space where I went, oh, maybe there's something more going on. You know, I was already aware of law of attraction, but the the mindset piece, which to me is like, that's my three-legged stool. You know, it's the money management, the money mindset and the money manifesting. And that's when I realized that the mindset piece of the puzzle is really kind of the glue that holds it all together. You can be really great at managing your money. You can be really great at manifesting your money. But if you don't also have the mindset piece and ideally all three, then, you know, it only goes so far. So it's kind of that's that's when I woke up to it and started helping my clients and really started bringing it all together. And then I launched a coaching business where I could freely and openly talk about that rather than saying, hey, you know how I'm here to help you with your money? Can I talk to you about your mindset? Because I think you've got some issues. It wasn't always appropriate. <laughs> That's super interesting. So you got out of the corporate environment to be able to teach the things you really wanted to teach that weren't appropriate at the time. Yeah, like when you're in the finance world, I was I was already running my own business, but, you know, people come to you for a transaction and they don't really come to you for coaching and so on. But my passion is really because my journey before that, like I left my engineering career and then I went through a divorce and that's when I had to learn all of this stuff because I was basically doing the whole, hi, I'm a broke single mum thing and had to get everything up and running again and so my passion was still you know helping women in particular because I think women have some really specific hang-ups around money and having to serve and having to you know put everybody else first and all that stuff that is still around in the programming and and building businesses because businesses are really beautiful ways of self-expression I think and also self-actualization it's you know we get to birth this amazing thing and decide how we want to show up in the world and what difference we want to make and you don't get to do that that much in the corporate space normally it's like here's your job please do it there's your paycheck shut up go home Mm. yeah 100% and it's funny that you know entrepreneurship and business owning has become pretty, I guess, sexy over the last maybe 10, 15 years with the birth of Instagram and YouTube and, you know, business influences, that sort of thing. It's not sexy in the first place. (laughs) Um, Often there is a, a massive amount of financial stress at the beginning and that continues and fluctuates throughout business. I don't think it ever ends because, uh, more money, more problems, they say. Right? I know that's probably a mindset hang-up we could talk about. That's the more money doesn't change your pattern thing I was mentioning. Yeah, 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 100%. Yeah. So, yeah, but, you know, um, expenses increase, debts increase as yeah. revenue increases, that sort of thing. So, but at the very beginning, a lot of uh, coaches and, you know, watching this, uh, this podcast would be sort of solopreneurs and maybe they don't have, you know, much of a, a budget to start up with, you know, it's not the way it used to be where you go and get a business loan. It's kind of, um, I'm going to go and start my coaching business now. So when it comes to investing in the business, a lot of people are pretty nervous about that without um, trying to get your services for free. <laughs> what would you say to a, a young coach who is, a little nervous to invest in potentially marketing, branding, upskilling or software, for example? 
Yeah, look, it's a really good question because people will shoestring their business and think that, you know, they have to do it all themselves and be really stressed about money. And that's why money mindset is so important because you bring all of that to business and people don't even think about it to begin with. You know, they start a business going, yeah, this is what I want to do. I don't want to work for the man anymore and you want to, I want to do my thing. And then money, you know, turns out to be a big part of a business because ultimately you're there to make profit and to make a living. And, um, and so then it becomes this constant kind of nagging thing. And investing in your business is to me, it's really critical. And, and you really need to look at that and go, okay, well, I'm investing all this time into building my business. What, what am I going, what am I willing to invest financially? Because, you know, time and money are kind of your two biggest resources. And if it takes you five years to actually build a profitable business where you go, okay, I'm nailing it now, or it takes you one year and a certain amount of investment because you've invested in some support and in the right people. And it means that you start turning over a decent profit four years sooner and you don't risk giving up because you feel like you failed, you know, just look at that. So seeing, you know, coming to it with that attitude of, I'm going to invest in my business. I'm investing myself, my energy, my time, but also what am I willing to invest financially? And, and then making kind of what helps me is making little agreements with myself. So, for example, when I first hired an assistant, I was like, all right, I'm going to draw that out of my mortgage and I'm going to draw out enough to pay her for six months. And in that six months, here's the goal I need to hit. So, you know, you, you run your business like a business and you go, okay, what's the investment? Why am I investing? Why is this the thing that I do need right now? Because you don't need all the things, you know, straight away or at the same time. And what am I looking to get out of this? Like, what are the KPIs? How am I going to know if it's successful or not? And actually run your business like a business, even if your board meetings are just you. Mm. yeah I, I think um that's where you know if you're gonna pay for anything i think having a mentor who can teach you how to run your business like a business is potentially one of the greatest things you can do mm. because you would have seen this many many times a lot of people especially in the coaching and service industry are fantastic at what they do whether that is you know mindset coaching fitness coaching relationships marketing something creative but then when it comes to you know managing the money managing the revenue profits and, and treating it like a business that's where a lot of people get stuck and never really make it past that hamster wheel stage which is yeah. uh, probably you know one big pillar of your uh your stool <laughs> of your three pieces that'd be the money management management side of it yeah, you need to know how to manage your money, both personally and from a business point of view. And like one of the biggest problem I see with entrepreneurs is that it's all in one bucket. You know, they just chuck all their money together and they don't even have a separate business account sometimes. And it's like, if you're watching this and you're running a business and you do not have a separate business account, go do that now. Like yeah. pause the recording, log on to your banking and apply for a business account because they're two separate financial entities they're two separate legal entities and energetically they're two separate entities and you know you're not treating your business like a business if you're just throwing all your personal money into it and then 
you know, sucking the life back out of it to pay your own bills. Like, Sorry, Miriam. Just, Sorry, yeah. mate, what's up? <laughs> yeah, 17, 17. Yeah, thanks, bro. Sorry, everyone. Cold delivery and I was, like, trying to ignore him and he's knocking on the window. I'm like, front door's right there, homie. You know, <laughs> walk an extra two metres. Anyhow, anyway, I'm really sorry, Miriam. I had a fella. Could you please just go back to when you were talking about, um, you know, the reason why you need to start up a business bank account and treat your business money and personal money separately, even if you're a solopreneur? Even if, and I would say especially. If, especially, yeah. And especially if, yeah. So your business is a separate legal entity. It's a separate financial entity and it's a separate energetic entity, right? And when you actually separate your business finances, it's a big mindset. You're right. Do you need to like go and let them in or something? <laughs> Don't you just love friends like that? It's like, man, you're really killing my vibe here. <laughs> he's killing your vibe, but he's delivering me food in the rain, you know? Oh, look. What can you do? What no, you no, do? you can't. You can't say no to food. He's bringing my baby's nappies and baby formula and oh, all the stuff we need. No, that's an important service. So, Miriam, I've got a question for you. <laughs> <laughs> Why is it so important for to separate a, your business finances from your personal finances? Yeah, how'd you guess? <laughs> Let's have a go. Um, so, separate entities, but something happens, right? When you separate your business money from your personal money and you actually put your big kid pants on, you go, okay, this is a business now, and the business has to pay its way. The business is going to have to pay some tax. And ideally, like I say to my students, you want to plan to pay shitloads of tax because it means you're making shitloads of profit, right? So plan for it from the beginning. Like start acting as if you've got what it is you're setting out to create and start putting the systems and the procedures and the habits in place now. So put tax money aside. Decide how much of your gross turnover gets reinvested back into the business. Like you know, no business out there swallows up 90% of its gross turnover. That's not a, an effective business. So train your business from the beginning and train yourself to actually run numbers that work. And that's how you then start working out, well, how much money have I got to invest in marketing, in coaching, in mindset, in whatever it is I feel I need? So your business pays itself like its own bills. It pays tax and it pays you. And then that's your personal money. Mm. yeah and you know there's a there's a transaction just like if you had a job your business pays you and so you that helps you actually work out what your goals are what figures you should be hitting how much money you need you know how much money do you actually need to make so most people don't even know when they first start and then they get their first tax bill and they go oh shit should have planned for that <laughs> yeah yeah we're learning that stuff we're learning that stuff slowly slowly i'm about six or seven years into business business you know and uh now now it's all good doing all this stuff at the beginning i was very guilty of all the stuff you're talking about mixing and matching freelancing bit of this bit of that uh here's my you know business card to pay the rent here's my personal card to pay for that and yeah whichever card's got the most money on at that time that's what's paying for dinner <laughs> and um yeah it's, it's a blurry blurry line that more people need to know more about so that that's some. Um, very, very good tangible advice 
And, you know, I just want to add one more thing. I think it's really good practice, if you can, to say, how much money am I investing into starting this business? Like when I had my finance business, it was a franchise. And I was really lucky because I didn't pay for it. They kind of offered me one. But, you know, most other people were like, here's my 60 grand to get started. You know, if, if you're buying a business, you usually have to put some money down. So if you can invest in your business from the start, but then make a plan, like what's that money for? It's not just for you to live off while you scramble and try and figure it out as you go. It, there needs to be a bit of a plan with it. Mm. Is there a point where it's too late to make a plan? Mm. When you no longer have a business? <laughs> I think, but as long as you're still ticking along, no, it's not too late. It's never too late to get shit together. You know, it's it's just about going, all right, well, where am I at? And that's really, really important. Like um, my signature program is called Magnetic Money. And one of the first things I get people to do, and there's a lot of resistance around this, but by the end they love it, is to actually track their expenses just for 30 days. Like I'm not into micromanaging money. I'm into automating everything. But for 30 days when you just track, you actually, you know, you actually start seeing what's really going on and then you can make decisions based on reality rather than on wishful thinking or like just hoping for the best. And mm -hmm. it makes a huge difference when you set up your money system and you go, well, you know what, the reality is, this is where I'm at right now. This is what's happening. This is how much is coming in. This is what my expenses are. This is how much I need to live on. This is what my bills are. And it, it is what it is. And when you start from there, then you can go, okay, well, how do I get to the next step? Rather than going, oh, I wish I was here. Why don't I set up a money system that pretends I'm there and gets me to there? Well, that's not going to work, is it? So you have to, you are where you are and that's the only place you can start. Yeah, fair enough. The reason I asked was because there's all these books, like the Barefoot Investor, for example, mm -hmm. who will give you, um, who will give you a story of a young lady who was, you know, tens of thousands of dollars in debt, and then implemented the Barefoot Investor magical system, and then the next year bought a house, that kind of thing. Yep. And it sounds a little bit far fetched, but you know, he wouldn't put it in the book if it was if it wasn't true. Hopefully, so. When you're in, and we'll keep it to business, you're in business, you invested lots and lots of money in it, but you, you've got the mindset like me, you only fail when you give up. Exactly. You know, you're saying that there's still a place for you to go. You know, you just need to treat, instead of running away from your money, you need to pay more attention to it. Totally, totally. Like if you're far down the track and you've made a big fat mess, well, you better get started cleaning it up. And, you know, I'm glad you mentioned the Barefoot Investor. I actually really love Scott Paper. I think he's fantastic. And what he's doing for financially educating people and demystifying money is brilliant because no one teaches us money stuff. Like you said, you learned from your dad. And that's amazing because not a lot of people learn anything about money from their parents other than how to have hang-ups around it. So the, the great thing with Barefoot is it's where Barefoot is great, like that system, is if you've got regular income, if you've got a job. But mm. as, a, as an entrepreneur, we don't have a job. And then, you know, there's things like Profit First, Mike McCallowitz, again, great dude, hilarious. If you ever see him speak live, he's funny. He does like physical comedy on stage. 
And um, but his system, like the problem for me with his system is it assumes that you always have the minimum income you need to cover everything and some to spare. And for most entrepreneurs, especially in the early stages, that's just not the case. So you've kind of got to, you know, have a system that covers your personal and your financial and helps you start wherever you're at and move to the next, the next level. Yeah, it's very inconsistent in the early days in the early days and then your baseline moves up and then you can go above and below that and but your baseline is more consistent and then yeah. that keeps growing but your income I, I don't think I've ever had the same income two months in a row in business uh <laughs> no it doesn't happen no and never. that's why like you have to be so on top of it you know a lot of people will go oh you know that's a bad income month and then they're gonna obviously something has to miss out you know mm-hmm. Maybe that doesn't get paid this month or I don't put tax money aside or whatever it is or I cut back the hours on my VA or something. And then the next month they have a great month and they go, great, I'll go and invest in that course or that other thing, whatever. So one of the keys really is to have a system in place where you, as much as you can, smooth that cash flow. Yeah. And, and again, it, it's about tracking the surplus and the shortfall and balancing between the two as you go so that, you know, you kind of take those peaks and troughs and you use them to equalise each other out. And then it takes a whole lot of the stress out of it. Yeah, that's great. So let's, let's talk for the people who are, um, you know, not in the stressful part and they've got a little bit of surplus hanging around. Um, can you explain to me your quote from your website that every dollar has a job to do oh and, i love that uh, you do your homework yeah yeah I, well i respect you for being here you know you know that's I cool. your time. that's awesome yeah every dollar has a job to do it's kind of one of my commandments so um speaking about like if when people have a surplus if you don't have a plan for your money it kind of just tends to disappear ever noticed that Uh oh I had that great income month like I smashed my records and then two three months later you're like what happened how come I didn't capitalize on that so you need to make a plan up front and go okay well what's my next I always go what's your next financial goal not what is your financial goal because you know okay a million dollars cash in the bank financial freedom a beach house and this and that yeah that's the ultimate goal but what's your next financial goal you know you talked about that example of Scott Pay. Maybe I've got a credit card that really needs to go, or maybe I really need to start investing in, you know, in some investment vehicles. Maybe it's crypto or shares or whatever. But I really want to smash that. So you have to kind of have one single focus because it, you know, creates this laser focus effect where things just gather momentum. Like what you pay attention to grows and accelerates. So what's your number one focus and then you make a plan when I have surplus income every dollar gets a job to do so every dollar up to the baseline I've met my expenses all good those dollars all know what their job is including having fun with you we can talk about that later and then you have to have a plan for the surplus when I have surplus where does it go and it goes back to well what's my number one priority right now so for example if you've decided you're going to smash your investment, you know, your investments right now, and that's really your focus, then that's where it goes. Or if you've decided, no, I really want to just pay off my mortgage and be totally debt-free, 
then that's where it goes. So you have a plan and it goes to that single focus. And what that does is it really accelerates the process because otherwise you'd kind of do a little bit of this, a little bit of that, a little bit over here. Oh, I might just splurge, you know, go on that holiday, whatever. And then you feel like you have nothing left to show for it. So every dollar needs a job to do. Absolutely. I love it. I feel like I want to keep talking about the things that I'm doing, but that's not what this is about. So I, <laughs> I'll save that for a private session later on. <laughs> later on. But you know what's really interesting though is that I, I've, you know, I, I love crypto and I've got a few NFTs and a few crypto domain names and all this kind of thing. It's so funny that when you said you might want to have an investment vehicle, crypto was the first thing you said. Whereas mm-hmm. a year ago, no one would have said crypto was the first thing they said. So it's a very exciting little journey. Yeah, it, you know, I, um, I actually do some coaching in a group where there's a lot of MLM people and they're heavily into crypto. And we always talk about, you know, if you, ha- if you traveled back in time to, you know, when you first bought Ethereum, I think we bought some for like a dollar 60 or something, and nice. now it's $4,000, right? But there was a point where it had gone up and then it tanked. And it's like, well, at that point in time, what do you do? You know, do you panic and sell? Do you hang in? It's all very well in hindsight. And, yeah, now everybody who invested in crypto is going, God, I'm so smart. But <laughs> a while ago they didn't look so smart, did they? No, but they could. They would have said the same thing about Amazon, you know. Yeah. What are you selling books on the internet for? You know, there's bookstores. Exactly. So it's just about picking the right thing and having that, that money confidence, like you said, to trust what you're doing, be abundant, I've got to get onto, onto that abundance law of attraction thing in just a second. And I'll segue my way into it uh, from, you know, tangible to intangible. Mm-hmm. And I'd love to know how you differentiate between people who are spending abundantly and people who are spending frivolously. Oh, that's a really cool question. So... Every dollar gets a job to do, right? So if as part of your money system and your money plan, you say, this is how much is my fun money, or when I make surplus, I take 10% of that and I have fun with it, are you spending frivolously or are you sticking to the plan? You're sticking to the plan. So the difference is, is it part of your plan? Mm. It's when you don't have a plan and you just go, money, what can I buy with it? That's probably when you're getting yourself into trouble. But if it's if you've got a plan and you go, wee, you know, surplus money, awesome. You get to reach your financial goals faster and have more fun with your money. Like you get to have it all. And you'd get to have it without, you know, the buyer's remorse and the hangover of, oh my God, what did I just do? Yeah. Yeah. We've all been there. Yes, we have. We <laughs> certainly have. I have many more stories for you. you. You know, they say we teach best what we most need to learn. Yeah, that's that's me. I've got some beauties. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm pretty. I'm pretty proud to be wearing right now Kmart t-shirt, Kmart underpants, and a pair of old jeans that are cut off into shorts. Sponsored and by Kmart. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not fancy, and I think that I'm very lucky that I'm not fancy. Yeah, you're not paying to wear someone else's logo. I like that. No, no, I'd, I'm, I'm much more likely to invest in creating T-shirts with my own logo on them. But uh, I've learned 
I've learned a lot of, I've, I've done a lot of silly shit over the last seven years, if not the last 30 years, but uh, <laughs> silly money, money stuff over the last seven years. That was a really interesting answer. Is it, is it part of your plan? And uh, spending, so creating an abundant plan and then spending within it mm. is a very clever thing to do. Whereas uh, just spending because you have it potentially frivolous. Lovely little summary. I like that. And and probably part of a pattern that's, you know, been going on for a while usually for most people. So I, I have this thing called money habit archetypes and there's really only three, right? And we're usually trained into them from very young and then we tend to carry them on through life. And um, so there's, there's the spender, the person where it's like money in equals money out. There's the overextender where it doesn't matter how much money you give them, they manage to go backwards. Like if they win 50 grand and cross lotto they'll put a deposit on a ferrari you know and and then there's the accumulator which is the person that's always like they're like the squirrel you know they're always collecting but the thing is a lot of those people are driven by fear and it's never enough like i don't know if you've ever read have you read the big leap by gay hendrix I'm not a very good reader. I'm a listener, but I'll put it on oh, the right. Well, you can listen to it. Like my husband always goes, I'm, I'm reading this book. I'm there. No, you're not. You're listening to it on Audible. It's not the same. But anyway, yep. so you can listen to it. I'm sure it's on Audible, but it's it talks about upper limits, basically, in a nutshell. And he has a story in there of one of his clients who's a billionaire who would still argue with his wife because she would buy the expensive toilet paper. Mm, yeah. Right? So that's like still not the best money mindset and worth billions of dollars still stressing and arguing about money with his wife. Like to me, that's not the goal. No, no. for sure. Like you want to be stress-free around money and know that yeah. you've got a plan and there's plenty of it flowing and you know what to do with it. When I said before that I got a lot of my money advice from my dad, wasn't always necessarily the advice I needed. And it's funny because my dad was um, pretty successful in business, but I can remember him specifically saying to me that money is hard to make, uh, mm -hmm. which has been an interesting one for me. So I completely resonate with that. And uh, so, so yeah, it, it, there's a bit of that, you know, I, I think it's a, a different generation. People who came from, you know, maybe not, not as much and then maybe made it, they go into retention mode. Let's hold on to it yeah. because I don't want to go back to, you know, how I grew up, that sort of thing. So that's a really, really interesting one. And it does kind of bring me on to, um, you know, the whole abundance mindset, which is often driven by a knowledge of the law of attraction and accepting that that's a real thing. And, um, you know, I've, I've delved into it. I don't practice it enough. And, you know, my opinion is still out there. But I talk about it a lot on the podcast with coaches. Mm -hmm. And you have a really, really interesting take on it. And uh, I'd love for you, if you could, because it's a really cool story, please explain your lobster analogy as for why the uh, going into a restaurant and ordering lobster. I don't know if you know this story. but Oh, you the sitting out. in the, the law of attraction, ordering, placing your order with the universe. That's the one. I'd yeah, love to it's know. not always lobster. That's when they're going, shit, what's the lobster story? I've got okay. you. I'm with you now. Yeah. Okay, I will try and make it short because sometimes I embellish and it gets really long for entertainment purposes. So sure. most people approach, so law of attraction is a really interesting thing. And I love the way you said, I don't really practice it. And it's like, mate, you're practicing it every day. You're just not doing it consciously, right? Okay. It's always on. It's always working. We're always manifesting. We're always creating life. 
you know, everything in your world, it existed as an idea or a thought and then, hey, you know, there's your microphone, there's the picture on your wall, you know, there's your Kmart T-shirt. Like you've manifested and drew things into your experience. And it's not like manifesting is like waving a magic wand and hey, presto, it's like there it is. So that, that's interesting to note like to begin with, because a lot of people will go, I'm now manifesting something. I'm like, you're manifesting everything else too. You're just not. Yeah, love it, love thinking it. about it. So that's a little side one. So anyway, the lobster or the whatever you're ordering. So most people will go, okay, I'm going to manifest something. And so I use the analogy of when you're in the rest, when you go into a restaurant, you know, your job is to go in there, take your seat, look at the menu, decide what you want, and then the waiter takes your order and takes it back to the kitchen and the kitchen has the ingredients makes your meal and eventually it comes out so what most people do though like instead when it comes to law of attraction is number one they can't decide and then they go oh this that oh that might be asking for too much oh maybe that's too much trouble oh what if they don't have that or will that take too long you know like they they can't even make up their mind on what they want so they're constantly like hedging their bets and they're going oh you know I'd really love this but I'll be all right with that if you like. And so if you did that in a restaurant, the waiter would be going, can you just please make up your mind? Because whatever you tell me, that's what we're going to make you. We're all set. Like we have everything. You decide. Like I'm not going to surprise you, although my brother does that with hairdressers. Surprise me. What kind of idiot? Anyway, so... (laughs) I really, I really want to slip the hairdresser a hundred bucks and go shave it off. Um, anyway, back to the restaurant. So most people will go, okay, okay, finally, I've decided I'm going to go for the lobster because I know I deserve it. You know, I know it's an abundant kitchen out there. They have plenty of lobster. I'm going to believe in the lobster that it's possible and I'm going to visualize it on my plate. Okay, I'm having the lobster. The waiter's halfway back to the kitchen. They go, oh, actually, hang on a minute. Maybe I'm not ready for the lobster, you know, because they're, people starving in Africa and it's not okay for me to want lobster and I know it's a lot of trouble and, you know, so that they do this game where they don't even let the waiter get to the kitchen and then some of them like to actually go into the kitchen and, like, look over the chef's shoulder and go, you're putting garlic in that. Have you got garlic? Did you order some today? Do you want me to run out and get you some? Like they try and micromanage the universe and they just constantly get in their own freaking way rather than going, okay, what's my job? What's the universe's job? Your job is to make a decision, believe it's possible, and then just stay in your seat, which means you've got to vibrationally, meaning the way you feel, feel abundant and deserving and know it's coming and get on with things, you know, get on with what your job is. When you're sitting in the restaurant, your job is to enjoy that glass of wine and the conversation you're having. When you're running your business, your job is to, you know, Go out, reach out to your clients, give them great service, keep showing up. Like that's your job. You don't leave the restaurant and go, oh, yeah, no, I don't think it's going to happen anyway. And then wonder why you never got what you wanted. So, yeah, there you go. Really good analogy. That's as condensed as I can make it because I have way too much fun with it. That was very funny. I, I, I loved it. I loved it. And it makes a lot of sense. Uh, and, and you've absolutely called me out on the fact that I'm consistently manifesting without even realizing it. And people will continue to tell me that. Someone told me that this morning. I said, uh, we're going, we got to, you know, we're going into business. We're launching a new program in February. And I said, you know, let's get X amount in. And she said, oh, it's already happened. You're just catching up with it. 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that's the thing, like when you have a thought, an idea or inspiration, like you've just manifested a thought. Do you realise mm. that? So it's the very first step in taking something that's just like floating around in the ether as this energy wave of possibilities that exist and you've actually connected with it manifested and downloaded a thought so that's the start of the process yeah really cool now does this you know consciously manifesting things does this mean we need to be waking up every morning and going outside and saying a thousand affirmations do we need to be carrying money around in our wallet or do we need to just be making a plan and sticking to it I was I was going to tease you then and say it's not a thousand affirmations, it's a thousand and twenty-one on odd months, no. Because see, most people get really caught up in what do I have to do? What do I have to do? And the thing is with manifesting, like you have to accept that this is a vibrational universe. Everything is energy. Now, I'm originally an engineer, right? Mm -hmm. And when I teach, I bring in all the science. Like we talk quantum physics, we talk neuroscience, we talk brain principles, all sorts of things. At the end of the day, it's a we live in a field of infinite possibilities and everything's just an energy wave. And these energy waves are kind of, you know, dropping into form, becoming solid objects. And the way that we interact with this field of possibilities is through our vibration, which is our state of being our electromagnetic signature right so it's electrical thought energy and magnetic heart energy and it's it's actually the relationship between the two that's quite important so um it's not what you do that matters because the universe doesn't care whether you stand on your head gargling salt water and reciting affirmations or whether you're sitting in your chair meditating and it doesn't even hear what you say it it responds to how you feel it responds to your vibrational output that you're putting out so when you're putting out a vibration of abundance law of resonance responds to that and goes oh we have a match right and so you attract abundance so it's not what you do that matters it's what you feel and most people get really caught up in I've got to tick everything on my list and like okay universe where's my money because I did all those things I was supposed to do but the whole time they were caught in fear they were in doubt in worry in you know not actually expecting it to happen but hoping it will happen and that's a really different thing. Is that the kind of thing that's a whole two and a half hour podcast to yeah yeah I feel like we only just scratch the surface Alex we need to do this again well we need to do it again or people just need to come and uh you know if they're a female entrepreneur come and talk to Miriam absolutely come check out magnetic money come jump on my website and come and have a chat I'm sure they will I'm sure they will and especially when we we take some of these clips we throw them out there into the universe and uh people will see this I have learned so much in you know a 37 minute conversation so far and i'd love to keep going but we like to keep these short and sharp so people can get back to business yeah. get back to uh get back to their salt water affirmations and sorting out that's right get back to gargling yeah i think we've given them enough to spin their brains out for a while 100 it's such a massive road and the reason i have this podcast seems to be to confuse people with differing views from, you know, dozens of different coaches. But if someone resonates with one of them, then that's perfect. I've done my job. And uh, you've really done your job by helping us out here today. 
with some fantastic tangible and it's all tangible advice really isn't it when you think about it yeah totally well yeah because at the end of the day it's like how do you want to show up yeah I want to show up as my best self and be aligned with the truth of a thousand possibilities <laughs> and gargle awesome. salt water standing on my head yeah yeah but I am going to go and make a plan as to uh you know what percentage of my monthly income can be reinvested because I don't actually have that. I, I do. I am guilty of I um, will pay myself monthly and then it kind of just goes to whatever. But I could. They, there's definitely some in there that could go. Totally. You know, rather than say, "Oh, I've got some extra money here," boom, crypto. It's it's going to be yeah. what's my crypto percentage? Yeah. What's the plan? What's the plan right now? Are you asking me actually? No, 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 as, as in you need to ask yourself. You don't have to tell okay. all of us what your plan is. You can if you want. But. Oh, to be honest, um, I'd love to, uh, you know, get the business to a point where we don't have to worry ever and, you know, with, with the in investments I'm making now and then go and live on a farm somewhere with my wife and two daughters. You know, have a, awesome. have a horse, have some zucchinis, you know, <laughs> have a pizza oven, that sort of thing. That'd yeah, be that sounds like well. a great freaking plan. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, it doesn't have to be a Lamborghini. doesn't have to be a Range Rover. It has to be a lot of land, you know, maybe a yeah. bunch, maybe some water, a little podcast studio and a gym that costs more than $100. Yeah, yeah, that's a very abundant life right there that you're manifesting, Alex. It's on the way. It's on the way. It's, on the way. it's already happened. I'm just catching up with it. Exactly. <laughs> Miriam, Estia, thank you so much for being here today. This has been really, really fun, really enlightening. And um. Yeah. I uh, appreciate you coming here on a very rainy, stormy day when your house is being renovated and we've all got a lot of shit going on, on in our lives, but you showed up, you know, smiling and happy and a really, really wonderful guest. Thank you so much. My total pleasure. Thank you for having me. No worries. And for everyone listening or watching, uh, I'll be back in just a couple of days, actually, with another guest on Coaches to the Moon. But in the interim, thank you so much for watching. Much love and peace out. Coaches to the Moon will be back next week. Until then, reach us on Facebook at To The Moon Digital Marketing.